Hello, everyone, and welcome to this very special episode of Vodka O'Clock. I'm Amber Love, your host from AmberUnmasked.com. What you're about to hear is one of the panels recorded at the 2015 Steampunk World's Fair, and this is the Gender in Steampunk panel. Um, I just wanted to give this introduction to explain a little bit about what went on and to tell you about how important uh, these kinds of panels are. A lot of Comic-Cons are doing this now and other pop culture shows, and Steampunk uh, was the first time I ever saw a community actually embrace transgender issues. So the Steampunk World's Fair held a great panel last year, which is also recorded. So you can find that in the uh, Vodka O'Clock and Amber Unmasked archives. And uh, this year's panel was a little bit different makeup. And it consisted of Sanji, Bunny Bennett, Gail Carriger, Maz and Luna Sky. And it was attended by at least, I'd say, 200 attendees. It, uh, it's always a very popular panel. So if you do have any questions, I'm going to have a whole lot of show notes. And um, if you have any questions specifically about how to get involved in these panels, you can contact Jeff McEvents, because that's who runs the Steampunk World's Fair. And... Um, you know, if you need to get any of that information, I'm happy to give it to you. So if you like this sort of coverage and things that I do, you can go to patreon.com slash Amber Unmasked and you can financially support the show there and you can pledge as little as $1. And uh, that basically means that a um, dollar per episode that you are willing to back and you can stop that or adjust that at any time. And if you can't financially back the show, that's okay too. You can always go to patreon.com slash Amber Unmasked and there are all kinds of social media links. So you can just share the link and that would be really helpful as well. So please enjoy the gender and steampunk panel and thank you for listening. How's everyone doing? Good. We're going we're to go down the table and introduce ourselves. Um, yeah, I think we should vote the way I would think we should introduce ourselves is your name, your pronouns, like the words that you prefer to be used when talked about in the third person. And um, I guess where you're from originally? Uh, yeah. yeah, and I don't know, maybe, maybe if we want to like give a bit of summary of, of our own tale or whatever. Um, I'll start. I'm Luna Sky. Um, a lot of you might know me from, I've performed cello in a lot of previous years. I'm also here working with Circuit Six this year. Um, and I helped put together this panel for the first time uh, last year. And she, her pronouns. Hey, I'm Maz. My pronouns are any. My name, Maz. They, them, theirs. She, her, hers, or he, him, his. I'm an LGBT rights activist from San Diego and um, here at Steampunk World Fair. I'm working with Bunny and Steam Pirate Giraffe, helping them out this weekend and doing this, which is fun. Um, I'm also an actor, that's a thing I do. <laughs> I'm Gail Carriger. I'm an author, uh, per, uh, I guess. <laughs> uh, I can't think of anything else important. Uh, please turn your cell phones on to vibrate. Uh, the rule is if I hear a cell phone ring, I used to use this with my students, I get to talk, take the call and ask about your sex life. What is your age? Some people are into that. Not my students. I'm Isabella Bunny Bennett. I play Rabbit the Robot in Steam Powered Giraffe. Uh, it's a musical pantomime troupe. 
about a year ago, more than a year ago, uh, I transitioned the male character, so that's kind of been my journey. And about ten months ago, I started transition. And about five months ago, I started presenting full time. Everyone, I'm Sanji. I know some of you were at my midnight drawing class this morning. Woo! <laughs> 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 um, I'm a pan romantic, asexual, uh, neurodiverse, and more relevant to this panel. I'm agender, which means I don't identify with either femininity or masculinity, and those are both just masks that I put on every day for costuming purposes and, you know, screwing with people. <laughs> and that's my story. So one of my favorite things about steampunk um, is that it's been one of the most like accepting communities um, in terms of gender identity and sexual identity and just like person identity, you know, all the different quirks and, and spectrums and everything. We're sort of pretty welcoming about them here. Um, and for me, this was actually a lot of how I figured out I was trans because I had a couple of, of years of sort of identifying as genderqueer and, and then just randomly had this aha moment about a year ago. Um, but I don't know if maybe some of the other panelists have like kind of similar experiences to that, or if you could talk I mean, about your relationship with gender. I think that conventions and festivals like this are extremely an amazing outlet for people to um, sort of experiment and and discover their gender because you know people can dress up as whatever character they want, doesn't matter what gender they are, and people can if you know they're exploring their gender identity and they can do that through a character they care about that's really cool if they can do that by creating their own character like we do in steampunk or with fan bots that's totally rad and i think having this as an outlet to explore that is super important i found out that i'm gender fluid because of that because my my gender fluctuates back and forth constantly and i found that out by cosplaying and by going to conventions and meeting people similar to myself so I think it's really important that we have this outlet for especially young people who are discovering who they are. Perhaps it has something to do with the corsets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to add, how exciting is it that like Tumblr's a thing and we can all, I don't know, I've built a lot of trans community through Tumblr and like I might not have found that as much in person and that's been really wonderful for every sort of gender or neuro or every other diversity. It's really awesome. So yay internet, because that wasn't around yay. 10 years ago. <laughs> know, definitely. Now do you guys have any um, experiences with uh, conventions and um, other like events that have sort of helped you explore like your identity, whether that be gender, whether that be your sexuality, whether it be just like who you are and things you care about? Well, I think the theory is that conventions, at least in general, are sort of safe spaces. Um, so I grew up in fandom, and it's for me, it's always been the case, even before there was really a steampunk movement, there always seemed to be that, that you could explore something as simple as exhibitionism safely in a convention space. Of course, we've been learning that that hasn't been the case for everybody recently, but um, in my personal experience, it was always a wonderful place to explore sexuality and identity, um, just because like, you feel like you're with all your people. Right? No one's going to judge. Yeah, I think uh, I do a lot of anime conventions too, science fiction, everything. Uh, it's a safe place, like to cross-play or whatever. Um, if you're an other kin, you know, you're trying to figure out, or, am I an animal? You know, am I a person? What gender am I? I mean, you can kind of play with it and have fun. A lot of our, uh, our fans uh, for the band I'm in, 
they come from all walks of life, uh, from a variety of uh, genders and, and identities, and it's it's just cool to see that no matter what convention I go to, uh, there's always such a big um, uh, support for the LGBT community. So it's been pretty awesome. Oh, it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't prepare for this. Uh, well, my first ever convention, and really my first time leaving my house, uh, was Steampunk two years ago. And when I came here, all of a sudden it, it was, what, what's your preferred name? What are your preferred pronouns? And I, I had never heard any of this before. And all of a sudden I could build my presentation, like put out my true self to all these people. And it, it was really special for me. And that's why I continued coming. For the people and for like the sense of community and the feeling that I can really be who I am and have people just accept that. Like, oh, your pronouns are blah 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 blah. Sure. Nice to meet you. Like nobody nobody really questions you here. Like you know, on the street, you know, people will be like, oh that's stupid, that's crazy, you're crazy, go away. Here it's like an accepted thing. It's, it's not even a question. Yeah. yeah. And I think that... Please sign up from... <laughs> don't do these things. <laughs> don't do these things. So we, you will be asked to leave. Not we the may ask you to leave. Rainbow will hit you. <laughs> no, I definitely think that um, one of the reasons I think the conventions and these festivals are so accepting of people from all walks of life is that we come together to celebrate um, our common interests, whether that be fandoms, whether that be steampunk, whether that be just aesthetics like steampunk or or movies, what, whatever, like that's why we come together at these festivals and these events is to meet other people who care about the same things that we do and be able to explore that obviously again through costuming and cosplay. Um, but the reason that we come together and are, is, is because of what we're into, is because of what we care about, is because of our interest in who we are as people. It's not about where we come from, it's not about what we do, it's about who we are and what we care about. And that's why we connect with each other at these conventions. And I think that's also why we, we build this community that allows people to be accepted for what they're interested in or what they care about. And we're all nerds here, we can say it. Nerds are allowed to be excited about whatever they care about as loud as they want. A lot of people don't get that freedom, right? Definitely. Um, and so I think another one of the reasons why um, gender and sexuality and um, things like that are so accepted in a community like this is because we built this community on accepting each other for our interests and who we are as people. Everything else doesn't matter. So I, I, I mean, I know for me, conventions are like, I feel I'm home here, so I'll look. <laughs> I suspect that's part of what makes it safe as well, is that being, generally speaking, slightly introverted or socially awkward, m many of us, it, we have a ready topic of conversation when you're in a convention. If you're at a steampunk convention, like you can ask somebody about their outfit or what they made or what they, how they got in, like, it's all there because you know we all have a topic to talk about. Um, so yeah, that's part of the safe spaces building blocks. Definitely. Yeah. And I think one of the one of the things that we could do continue to make this a safe space is just um, ask people their pronouns. You know, ask them um, what what they're into. Definitely like come up with a conversation. Like um, it's a really simple question. Just get that language out there, just so 
it's, it's really simple, just words that you prefer to be used when being referred to in the third person. It's a language thing. We're not asking you about your gender. We're not asking you about your journey. That's, that's you. We want to know how you want to be respected, how you want to be talked about. And that that's a really simple thing. It's all about language. And that simple thing can mean so much to a person. And it, it gives you so much more freedom um, after that moment to just go with the conversation and then you can say, oh, I met this person, they were really great. They talked to me about steampunk and their character that they developed for this convention and how they're like an airship pirate. And and that's all that matters. And so it's just, to continue to make this a safe space, it's just asking simple questions like that. Like, like what are your pronouns? Like, how do you prefer to be um, spoken about? And that's it's just a really simple step that we can take to continue to make this a safe space, definitely. Um, I don't know if, if maybe anyone on the panel had something from their experience they sort of wanted to talk to or, or talk about. Um, it, if not, we can open questions to the audience, but I figured I'd ask the panelists first. Well, um, yeah, I've been recently, well, a year ago when I was doing this panel, I hadn't, tra I wasn't transitioning, I wasn't presenting, uh, you know, I, but at conventions I was, because it was safe. For my job, I was. Uh, and I kind of just got into the cycle of feeling like a drag queen. I'd just strip everything off and be a guy after it, and it just felt awful for some people. That is great. It works for them. For me, I was... I can't be tugged. It was like, I gotta either be a man or a woman. And being a man is causing me severe depression, so... I, I took the plunge, uh, transitioned the character, and after that, my transition shortly followed. So it's been a very eye-opening experience. Uh, I discovered myself, and I had to do it in a pu very public light, mm -hmm. which was scary. Like mm -hmm. There was a lot of critique. There was a lot of people saying the band's shit now. But there was also a lot of support. So you know, props to, I don't know, the steampunk community for just not even bat an eye, you know, we still got those contracts and no one dropped us because of it. It was amazing. Now if I may ask, do you feel transitioning your character was helpful in you being confident to transition yourself? It did, because um, I'm a pretty shy person and on stage you get to be someone else, so it was very easy to take everything that I had learned as a performer and just kind of spin it that I'm going to put a little bit more of myself on stage. And that helped. I mean, it was awkward as hell to, to do that in front of so many people for that year. But uh, I think if you see the show tonight, you'll see the progress. And it's pretty cool. Um, so, Bunny, I kind of wanted to ask you, um, how has your transition in real life gone? Like, besides the conventions and steampunk, like, how are people treating you in, in the real, real world? Uh, well... <laughs> I'm from San Diego. It's pretty progressive. So queer. <laughs> <laughs> it's slightly conservative for like Southern California, but really, like, no one really bats an eye. I haven't gotten into too many situations. People are usually shocked when I pop my ID, but, you know, sometimes my voice gives it away, sometimes it doesn't. It just depends on how the person perceives it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's been great. Have you had any serious negative backlash? No, not in real life. Um, I, oh, I mean, I guess I went to a Ren Fair in Irwindale 
and there was this really rude family that were talking behind my back. It's like, is it a man? Is it a woman? It's like, it's a man. It's like, and I said, I'm standing right here. <laughs> I can hear you. And they still considered their fucking conversation about, like, why don't you just ask me? You can just come up to me and ask me. I'm right here. Like, it was just. Or like, just, just like, not even like asking what your gender is. Just like, what are you, like, what are your pronouns? Like. Well, they were treating me like a fucking side Yeah, I know, like, and I'm sitting here like... I had this like, badass costume and stuff. It's like, why don't you just... Like, it felt embarrassing. Like, yeah. yeah. They were really fucking rude. That's yeah. the one time. So. And I think that's another thing that we need to focus on is, like, consent for those situations. Like, you don't you don't get to talk to me about that, like, like that, without my permission. Like, yeah. You can like, ask. You can yeah. even, like, be like, rude about it. Just come up to me and talk to me. Don't, right. you know, like, gawk at me, like... Yeah, that's, no one wants that. No. Like, why is it so easy to ask somebody what gender their dog is, but not the person? Yeah, at least come up to me and tell me that I'm going to hell. You know? <laughs> <laughs> at least give me the decency to treat me like I can hear you. Right? <laughs> I get that other day with Kate saying It's just like, you, you support Planned Parenthood and LGBT rights? Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> Like, oh, I got something for you here and here. I know Maz and now Bunny keep drilling this point in, but really, the whole asking people's pronouns thing, it's its not awkward, it's the least awkward way you can broach the topic to someone. I've, I've had people come up to me and be like, how, how do I ask you this question that I want to ask you and that they're super like shaky and shy about it? What's the question? Literally, how, how do you want to be referred to? That, that's all you need to say. And, and any person who matters, any person who's in the know, won't be offended by that question. And if they are, you can tell them that they can come to me. <laughs> it also is possible to refer to somebody by name and not use a pronoun. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I've spent the last five years since I became a public figure, um, because my partner did not ask to be part of this, referring to my partner as the AB, and I never use a pronoun, uh, because my partner, like I said, didn't ask to be in the public eye. So partners kept out of it. And I just don't use pronouns because I don't think it's anybody's business which gender they are. Exactly. I mean, it's not even about, it, right, it's not about gender. It's about the language you prefer to be used when people talk about you in the third person. Now, I have a friend back home named Jay who does not want to be for, referred to with pronouns. Uh, Jay, Jay goes to the store, Jay buys, Jay sells <laughs> some cigarettes, and Jay goes home. And that's how people talk about Jay. Um, and that's the easiest way that Jay feels comfortable. And that's also, again, with asking this question, then you can get that person's consent and knowledge as to how they're comfortable being talked about. It's, it's, it's not about, um, you know, you're comfortable with the language you're using to talk to somebody, somebody else, about somebody else. It's about how they're comfortable about other people talking about them. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And even if you don't feel comfortable with the straight of being like, hey, what are your pronouns? You can say, hey, can I ask you a question? What are your pronouns? Yeah. Can I ask you this question? You don't have to answer if you don't want to. Most people will because it's logical. But It's really not a complex agenda. It's really not. It's like, <laughs> Thank you. Just right? treat me like you would anyone else. Right. Just like, like my name is Matt. My pronouns are all. And I like pie. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I have to correct people all the time, like, mm -hmm. and I do it, and I make them feel awkward depending on how 
how rude they were about it. And it's like, I don't care, like, it, it kind of brushes off me now, but the, I think the key thing is, like, right now, visibility is what we need, like, Definitely. we don't really have anything to really ask for except basic human rights. Right? <laughs> and human rights should not be a law. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't care if I go out and I get, you know, stoned. It's like, I'm still doing it because everyone that comes after me is going to have a better time. And, like, visibility, like, Definitely. bad or good is good right now. I mean, just this last year, like, 2014 was, like, amazing. For, oh, I know! Like, the trans people, like, man, I got, it's, seeing so many fans and convention goers, like, coming out to me, telling me their story, like, mm -hmm. it's amazing. And, like, celebrities, like, Miley Cyrus just came out as genderqueer. And that was like she did. Explains everything. Right? <laughs> <laughs> now we get Miley Cyrus. Right? Like we get queers get Miley Cyrus. What are you gonna do about it now? <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually that's funny because like I was literally just thinking of, of kind of asking everyone, there's been all this like media coverage of, of transgender folks in the last year all of a sudden and it, it's really awesome. Definitely. And so some of it, um, is like news coverage and some of it is having awesome people like Laverne Cox like in an actual freaking TV show right. um, which is awesome so I don't know I guess I just wanted to ask the panelists like what do you think of, of I guess the coverage that's come out in the last year there are pros and cons you know of course to everything I mean I think it's great Bonnie had a really great comment accessibility is really important because trans people have been around for a long freaking time and now we're just coming into the limelight with all of these people um, that are in the limelight and are in the trans community. Um, but again, we have to remember that with trans visibility in a positive way, there is also the negative. I mean, trans women of color are the number one victim of trans hate and murder. Um, more trans women in the, in, in the U.S. have been. It's pretty much just all trans women of color on that list. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Really is. No, it is. Trans women of color. Yeah, I remember I was at the San Diego Day of Remembrance, uh, Trans Day of Remembrance, excuse me. And um, <laughs> what we did was everybody took a name um, of a trans person uh, that was um, killed, and we went up and said over a microphone their name, where they were killed, and how old they were. And to go through the whole list of that year, took an hour and a half. Um, so, and I don't, I don't want to darken the mood of this panel, because we are talking about how awesome it is to explore gender in steampunk, but we also have to remember that the oppression that trans people face is devastating, and it's something that we can all work to improve um, just by doing uh, some of these simple things. And um, there are, you know, there are a lot of things that we're fighting for out there, like there's the groups like the Southern Poverty Law Center and the ACLU, American Civil Liberties Union, that are working so hard for our legal rights. I mean, right now, the case in Indiana, um, you, you've probably heard about it, you can be fired for being gay or trans without question. It's legal. And that's legal in 36 states in this country. Um, uh, now, we have, we have marriage equality. And quite a few states here in the, in, the, in the country, but a lot of them also have that law where you can be fired or somebody can refuse to hire you just because you're in the LGBT community. Um, so again, these are things that we are fighting so hard for, 
and having advocates like Laverne Cox, like Janet Mock, like Miley Cyrus, uh, like, um, you know, like just like amazing transgender, you know, advocates in the media, in the limelight, speaking out for us, especially Laverne Cox as a, as a transgender woman of color. It's her demographic that is the most sought after um, negatively. It, it's really important that we have these voices out there. Um, so I definitely think that, like, of course, there are pros and cons. There's still oppression across the country, but we do have advocates who are being heard on a massive scale about these issues. And that's, that's, that's great. It's really important, definitely. I mean, the change doesn't, I mean, celebrities, it's great. Like, like right. Bruce Jenner came out. Mm -hmm. And that, would, that has a big impact. Totally. A lot of people can now say, I know of a trans person. And then, but really what kind of sinks it is is that it sinks it in is that they might make some big splashes, but it's all of you and all the trans people of the world doing tiny little you know, pebble drops that mm -hmm. makes a really big change. Like, I agree. And so actually speaking of those tiny little pebble drops, um, one thing that stands out to me about a lot of the media coverage is it um, can sometimes be a bit one-dimensional. Um, there's actually a huge range of diversity to trans and queer people's um, sort of stories and experience, right? They don't all follow this one path of like tragically born into the wrong body and have this moment of realization and, and come out in this one pattern. Like, like, morning, I know who I am today. Yeah, and you know, some, some people know from like when they're like four years old and some of us don't figure it out till we're 26 or, you know, later than that even. Um, so it's, it's a little, it's like a double-edged sword because on one hand it's great, oh, there's all this awesome media coverage. Um, on the other hand, it's like, but they're kind of getting all this stuff wrong. Right, there's, and, like, there's misinformation definitely. You know, they, they sort of perpetuate a lot of stereotypes. So it's like, all right, this is cool. People are maybe seeing us as sort of human, but like there's still some work to be done. Um, it's like the trope I, of the gay best friend that was on television. Yeah, right? exactly. And then of course there's... Um, and it's interesting because the other side of that coin actually is in education. Um, <laughs> So few people ever like, you know, you're in health ed, you learn there's two sexes and this and that, and like so few people ever get educated about trans people existing. Um, just, like the difference between sex assigned at birth and gender, they don't talk about that. Right, and, and you know, there's sort of a lot more complexity to it. Um, but it, it's just great, I've, I've met folks who did have that extra education and it, it's just like, oh, you know, it's just automatic for them and hopefully one day will be for the rest of the world too. Definitely, and I think um, with that and with Buddy's comment about um, this tiny little seeds of information just being planted in social conversation. Now, what I do back home is in Nato, I'm a canvasser, which means I street fundraise and I talk to people about issues that I care about and impassion with them and make them care. Not make them care, but you know, tell them, inform them about what's going on. And I worked on. And I was working on transgender rights in San Diego for a good few months when I first moved out there. And I, um, one of the greatest um, conversations I had was with a mom and her three kids. She let me tell them what LGBT meant and what transgender meant without batting an eye. And said, so, "Do you know?" And she said, "Do you understand why this is important? Do you understand what this means?" And just for me to be able to give that that information to this these young people and know that 
they're going to grow up and that they have a mom like this who's willing to let someone educate them on, on this is amazing. And even just having conversations with adults or young adults, giving them information about transgender as a thing and information they might not even know about, they're going to then go talk to five other people about the conversation they had with me or another one of my canvassers. And they're going to tell other people. And that information is going to spread. And that's super important. That's grassroots activism at its heart. And that's why I do what I do. <laughs> forms of support advocacy. So kind of one of the things that we're dodging around and addressing, I guess, is how to change a cultural zeitgeist, which is very, very challenging, <laughs> um, especially in a country like the United States. Well, really in all countries. But um, if you don't have the heart or the personality to uh, be confrontational or uh, public about your preferences and or voice, I guess, there are a lot of other ways to do it. So, and, and I'm dodging around being like, one of the ways you can do that is in fiction. Um, so writing and podcasting, and there are other ways to talk and highlight. And so for, for example, one of the things I do in all of my books, which is very, very simple, is, is I have LBGT characters, and I have gender fluid characters, and they're presented in a positive light. Like that's, that's like, and, and, it's, and I write comedy, so I get away with it. <laughs> and so my, for example, my biggest fan base outside of my home state, which is California, is Texas. Um, and I kind of want to go and be like, do you guys know what your daughters are reading? <laughs> Mostly daughters, some gay boys. <laughs> but, uh, and that's like, it's, so there are simpler, quieter ways to do these sorts of things and to be a uh, uh, an advocate and to be a support network that doesn't necessarily have to, you don't have to throw yourself into the limelight, although it always helps. Um, but to just, like, if you're a writer, write characters that are fully realized human beings who are, you know, transitioning or genderqueer or exploring and, you know, just. Or just writing characters who have already done all that and that's yeah. just their identity. Yeah. Part of them. And they're cool people. Like, you know, we're, we, you are here hopefully meeting cool people like those, I hate to tell you guys, but they inform us as fiction authors. No, I definitely, like that's a huge point and I'm really glad that you brought that up. Having representation in fiction is so important. Or art. Like, in, in, in any art. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Whatever you do, if you just put representation. Art. Art representation. Art. Come to my drawing class next year. <laughs> Definitely. Um, comics, like whatever your thing is, just if, lead it in. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if people see these characters or these pieces of art that inspire them and, like, that's me, then they have a way to, like... Wouldn't it have been great if Thor had transitioned? That's <laughs> <laughs> a thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> it was so awesome. But, but even just <laughs> having female Thor has that's been a wonderful conversation. <laughs> it's probably a little bit outside the scope of this panel. But again, like that, like goes along with um, why steampunk and conventions and things are so important. Because if you have these characters in fiction that inspire you, then then you can explore that, dress up as them, wear their t-shirts, uh, talk to people about them at conventions, and be like, this character. You see this character? This character made me realize who I am, and that is amazing. And not only that. 
But a good example I can give of that is when Tiana, the Disney princess, was released. Disney princess of color. And it was Pocahontas. Nobody talked about the fact that Pocahontas, hey, Native American, person of color. That wasn't a thing. But when Tiana came out and was a Disney princess of color, there are pictures of girls, little girls in Disneyland dressed as Tiana, young girls of color, talking to, to Tiana, just being like, there's finally a princess that looks like me. That is so important! <laughs> and imagine if you get to be the person who, who gets people <laughs> doing that. <laughs> like, I, like, my favorite thing in the entire universe is encountering people cosplaying my characters. <laughs> like, That's really rad. Especially yeah. Madeline Boo is one of the most popular ones. Who's my gender fluid? What, one, one of my main gender fluid. It's kind of weird, like, just to riff on the whole steampunk thing, like, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, Victorian times weren't the most <laughs> expressive, right? That's why we're redoing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Culture. So um, it wasn't really, in, I mean, it was a active but not acknowledged queer culture. Right, it wasn't. With uh, uh, Tom's and um, Hank's, basically. Uh, those were the two slang terms. Uh, the, the wild case is really what changed everything, and that was close, way close to the turn of the century. Um, but prior to that, like men and women would walk around holding hands together, and it was a lot more like sort of some Latin American cultures are, where women are always holding hands, and um, you know, men were very affectionate with one, one another, and Eaton and Oscars. And, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the wild kids happened, and everything changed. But that was that was late in the Victorian era, so it, it was there. It's just not written about, unfortunately. Could you elaborate a little bit about the wild case? Um, so Oscar Wilde was taken to court for, uh, I can't remember, lewd behavior, I guess. Was gross, the gross indecency. Gross indecency. All right, gross indecency. Um, in what, eight, 1897? 1895. Wow, I didn't realize it was that early. <laughs> anyway, uh, and, and, uh, and it, essentially it was very, very public, which was the, uh, so it was this, it was a very much sort of a display case. And, and I'm he ended up basically being, his life was basically destroyed by the case. But the fact that it, um, that someone so public and so popular, socially popular, uh, could be taken to court uh, for his behavior was, just changed the way everybody else behaved as a result. And he ended up, you know, living in infamy in Paris and dying of kind of pauper's death as a result. So, yeah. There's, a, I mean, there's a very, there's a reasonably good movie called Wild on the subject. Has um, Stephen Fry in the titular role. So, cool. so um, one of the things that were you making a motion? Okay. One of the things that was really amazing about this panel last year when we did it was actually getting questions from all of you sitting out there. Um, people shared a lot of cool stories, asked a lot of awesome questions. So I want to open that up. Um, there's a microphone up in the front. So you guys can come up and uh, and ask your question, and we'll address it. I gotta look nice first. Hold on. Priorities. <laughs> 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 um. Uh, ooh, this is short. <laughs> uh, I just want to say 
thank you to everyone who's sitting up here. I think for a lot of people in this room, because like as a non-binary person, it's really difficult at times. Yeah, team. But it's really difficult to explain to people. Like my, my mother is is a baby boomer, and so it's it's hard sometimes because she doesn't really get it. And so it's incredible to have public people and people who are out as trans and people who will sit on panels like this and then be on the internet and I can say, look, these people are just like me in some way and you can, ex other people can understand them and you can get the phone over yourself and understand me. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a really incredible thing that you're able to do by being out there in the world the way that you are and I just wanted to Thank you. Thank that. you. Hey, uh -huh. hey, what's your name? I'm Charlie. And what are your pronouns? They, them, theirs. Awesome. Thank you so much, Charlie. Yay. Can we have everybody say their first name and their pronouns before the question, please? I can feel comfortable doing that. I also just yeah. want to take a moment to say, like, thank you to Steampunk World's Fair and Jeff McAvin yeah. for, like, having this be a thing. Yeah. I also wanted to quickly interject before something else happens. In response to you, um, it is it is really important because uh, uh, when I first came out to my mother, uh, it was sort of oh I'm trans, and I didn't mention the non-binary thing because I I had a trans friend, Jason, and she sort of knew what trans was from my friend because I had known him for a few years. But I had no example for the non-binary thing, so I'm, so I'm like, I'm like Jason. I, really? So, so it, like a few a few months later, I was fi I finally come over to her. I'm like, I actually met another guy named another person named Jason, who was non-binary and went by Z. So I I brought this other Jason to her and was like, No, no, I, wait, I'm like this one more. So, <laughs> It's good to have that. It's really important to have non-binary representation in that sense, where you can point to it and be like, "I'm like this," because with with people. Yes. See what Raven? Um, what was I gonna say? You and stuff. Words and stuff. Words and stuff. Social representation. Yes, especially with uh, people who've never been introduced to the concept before, like mothers. We love them. They're kind of dumb sometimes. <laughs> we love them. But it, as, as you see, like, they watch Fox News or whatever. They don't know what they're getting into. All they've seen is maybe Laverne Cox once, and they're kind of going, ooh, with all the rest of the people in the world. And they don't realize, like, there's one sitting in their house. So it, coming, out, coming out to your parents can either be an experience of, ooh, you're like them, or... Oh, so that's what they're like, and, and that can open up the conversation further. This is and what a transgender looks like. This is what, yeah, we're not just some random, like, crazy people on TV, like, doing all the things. And now I will leave the stage to you. Oh, I don't mind. I just, I, just, I just want to throw out there, transgender is an adjective, not a noun. Yeah, no, it's... I know. Satire. Um, I feel it. Go ahead. It's all right. Well, uh, again, thank you all for being here. Um, I actually, this is my first year at the Steampunk World's Fair. I've always Welcome. been interested. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm here for Steampunk. <laughs> <laughs> and I very quickly discovered just how much more in this community there is for me to love that I wasn't even aware of before. I mean, I've only been to, you know, some anime conventions and, you know, some video game stuff because, they, you know, they're all. Venn diagrams. 
but it relates to your interest. Yeah, but this is so much more socially aware, and it's such a beautiful place. I'm really happy to be here, and happy that you're here, and thank you. Um, my question is kind of not fully formed, but I'm interested in educating people around me that are, again, family and, you know, other people that are, I mean, maybe it's not a good idea to get into it with strangers, but there are some times when I feel really strongly about speaking up and correcting someone, but that can be really scary. Um, aside from just bite the bullet and do it, like, are there any kinds of, um, you know, any advice for broaching that subject without someone turning on you, try, trying to broach it in a way that can make it an open conversation, not just, well, you're an asshole, you're wrong. You know, this is why you're wrong, because that's argumentative. So, uh, maybe if you gave us a specific context, it, like, what, what has someone said to you that you wanted to respond to them at? Perfect. So, um, somebody that I work for. For example, so this is the person that you don't usually want to get into an argument with because you spend eight hours every day with them. And uh, did they, you work for them? Yeah. Yeah. So they're also your superior. Yeah. But, you know, he's Italian, older man, uh, patriarchal, usual kind of, you know, thinking and... Uh, it, it's really frustrating because it's scary. I want to speak up, but it, it, it's... No, these other comments he makes um, that in general, just in general. Um, yeah. I mean, there's like a couple. There's a couple different things you can do. One thing is to find some internet resources that are like really accessible and, and well written, and just be like, "Look, you know, you're you're not entirely getting this right, and it's you know making a lot of people uncomfortable. Like, you should check <coughs> this out. And if you want, we could talk about it or something like that." Um, or a book. I, I think I think in general uh, a great way to be non-confrontational is to just be friendly to the other person and not not you know don't use you statements and just kind of explain that it's um, there's something in the language that they're using and you just wanted to make them aware of this and and past that like you've given them this information it's on them to make the change or not and that that's going to speak to you know who they are and and how they grow from that um, you know part of it's like that part's on them. Really. Definitely, and I think what you could do, you could pull, you know, whoever it is aside, and be like, hey, so these are experiences that people have had, and this is why, um, this is information that you should know, so in the future, people don't have these experiences. By the language you're using, or by your behavior, or whatever, like, these are behaviors that people have experienced um, from other people that are, I'm going to be blunt, oppressive, and um, so, and this, this, I'm not like, like, Again, don't use these statements, but just be like, this is information that you should know so that in the future um, you won't have to worry about somebody having that experience around you. So, I don't want to crash the party. <laughs> it's like, oh, just bring the awareness. Um, I find that especially with straight white cis male blah 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 dude, they kind of have already decided in their head how they're going to respond to you and no way that you broach the topic is going to change how they feel about it. Though sometimes people do surprise you. Like, you could go up to him and be like, this is bothering me, and be like, oh god, I didn't realize! Or he might be like, no, screw you, I'm going about my day. Like, 
the initial reaction that someone has is oftentimes just ingrained and pre-decided. So it's going to go one of two ways, and no matter how you bring it up, it's, it's good to the odds are whatever. You, yeah. So you want to be as careful as possible, but you can never be truly sure how someone's going to react to you. That, my suggestion would be to maybe see if others feel this way and bring it up as a community topic, because <laughs> then he has to listen to it. If a lot of times when you tell someone something, they're like, oh, that's just that person. But if, if, a, lo if a bunch of people, if a community of people come together, community, <laughs> then they actually realize like it's horrible, but oh, more than one person said it. I guess that one person wasn't crazy. I guess this is actually a thing. I can listen to it now. Mm -hmm. cool. Whatever. Um, right. I, I think we should probably move on to the next questioner. Thank you, Thank so you very much. I'm actually new to this, the whole thing. I'm new to. Um, I am not transgender, but I do support very well. I got into Steam Power Giraffe from Bunny, from a friend of mine who is transgendered. He just became a he. Uh, since last time I heard from him was my sophomore year in high school when he was still a girl. I miss him, but but hey, I'm glad he's there. Um, when I first got into Steam Power Giraffe, it was hard for me at first because I got into you when you were a boy. <laughs> but then later on, I learned and learned and I got better and better at calling you she, saying like, explaining to my parents that you're a she now. <laughs> but he was a he. <laughs> I mean, I love telling my friends about Steam Power Giraffe because it's not very much of a thing. thing. I mean, I'm bisexual, gender fluid. I mean, if you ask me my gender, I'll probably don't give a crap. Because I'll probably be like, hey, you're only halfway there. So I'm very happy that they did something like this so people can speak out and be like themselves. So why not? I am Bridge, but my name is Bridget Landers. I am she, but halfway there too. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Um, I also just want to throw in. Um, there is a, a little bit of internal debate about this, but most trans folks usually use um, transgender instead of transgendered. Um, and um, it, this is, again, another thing that some people might have different experiences with. Um, but most people, at, at least, I don't know, I can say this for myself, and I've definitely met other people who feel this way. Um, I'm a trans woman. At no point in my life have I been a guy. I sort of mistakenly thought I was for a while, but um, at no point in my life have I actually been. Um, and again, different people might have different thoughts. Um, Definitely, and again, transgender is an adjective. Definitely. Hi. 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 I'm Montana. I identify as little as possible. Do you mind if I ask a pretty tough question that I don't want to bring down the mood of the panel, but... Okay. I already brought down the mood, it's okay. <laughs> in a nutshell, a very badly sounding nutshell, do you think there's such a thing as overshooting? And to explain this question, it's a very personal story, but um, at my college we have, of course, a group for people of various sexual minorities. Um, and uh, my best friend and I both separately got involved with two trans women in the group who ended up um, being kind of uh, sexually abusive and manipulative, which uh, 
ended up kind of getting thrown on a bunch of other people, and this became a wider experience even once we both got out of these two people to the point where I'm a little bit nervous around trans women now just because of these experiences, which I feel bad for because, hey, Bonnie, I like you. Um, <laughs> um, so the problem with this is that because of these two people being trans, my ex-girlfriend in particular used it as an extremely manipulative tactic to um, try to, like, get into my personal experiences because I'm a cis woman, even though I'm not. Um, but, um, like, it, it was like I got really objectified, and it became an excuse, you know? And now the school wants to take action against these people, but nobody feels comfortable doing it because you can't hurt them because they're trans. So I'm just asking, do you think there is a way to overshoot the line? Okay, so here's my response to this question. Um, first, for those who don't know, cisgendered means that your gender matches the sex you're assigned at birth. Um, whereas transgendered means that it doesn't. It's the simplest way. Um, <laughs> your friends, or the people you know in that group, them being manipulative and abusive has nothing to do with their gender. Yeah, no, I know that. It's more the fact that... Um, Nobody feels like we can stand up to them because of this. And it sucks because okay, the school is like, like this sucks, but we can't do anything because mm -hmm. they'll feel oppressed. Because they'll, they're, right. Mm -hmm. They think if you, if you, I mean, I don't want to make assumptions, but from what I understand, it's if you try to handle the situation with these abusive individuals and they may take it as you're oppressing me because I'm trans. Yeah. That's what your concern is. Yeah. My main, um, like, it's not even okay. just these two people in particular, like, it's, I kind of see it going on in a lot of places, and it's something that's really hard to speak up about, because being abusive can, it doesn't matter what the hell's in your head, except for the part that makes you be a douche to other people. Yeah, I, I just want to say, as someone else who's <coughs> also experienced emotional abuse, I'm really sorry that that's something that happened. It's not the first time, unfortunately, I, but I'm good. <laughs> I understand. Um, <coughs> I don't know if I really have any specific advice. I, I mean, I think probably the, the, you know, you can't control things that you can't control, but you can control how you approach it and probably having, I guess, some sort of clear record and, and story of, of what these people did um, is, I would guess, probably your best avenue. And it's frustrating that you can't control the outcome. Sometimes we have a lot of not optimal outcomes about that yeah. sort of thing, and it's a societal problem. I think goes way beyond anything we're really into here. Yeah, yeah. And I, have you talked to the faculty after school? Like I said, it's less about my personal experiences and more about the fact that it's hard to start a conversation about it. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I hope I don't sound like an asshole to anyone in the audience right now. <laughs> but like, it's I, sometimes it's hard to find the words, and you don't want to make anybody feel oppressed and hindered, except. If somebody's gonna abuse the crap out of someone, you should hinder them. I think it's just more of, um, and whoever you need to talk to for this situation to be yeah. dealt with, just be like, this has nothing to do with who yeah. this person is, but everything to do with how they treated other people yeah. and how that behavior is unacceptable. And I wonder if we could create a dialogue to figure out how we can deal with this situation yeah. um, and this person's behavior, because that's that's the main thing is how they're treating other people. Um, okay, I don't want to cut people Sorry, yeah. off. Sorry, no, but I, I, think I probably we, really do have, we have a, a line of thank you, though. Thank you. Good luck. <laughs>
So that was uh, most of the panel that uh, I was able to record. And uh, there were actually still a lot of other questions that people from the audience had. Uh, There were some issues of technical issues that I was uh, having with my recorder trying to get everything recorded properly. But there's also uh, an issue where... um, some people were telling, you know, these extremely personal stories, and I, I don't have the explicit consent to publish their stories, even though, uh, for the most part, people only give their first names. But there were a couple people that give their first and last names because they seem to feel comfortable enough. Uh, but, um, you know, I, those questions about abuse and about opening up dialogue and communication, those are extremely important issues. So I did keep those here in the episode and, um, you know, I, I, I'm definitely not the person to answer questions uh, like this. So uh, I am more than happy to help you find those answers, though, from other people. And uh, if you, you know, have them, you can send them my way. You can reach me on Twitter at Elizabeth Amber. And, um, you know, I'm kind of all over the place. I'm on every social network. So you know how to how to find me usually. And um, you know, once again, thank you to Luna Sky for putting the panel together and for Steampunk World's Fair, Jeff Mack events. They always do such a great job with making sure that people have a safe space and a really caring environment and they take everything seriously. So if you were at Steampunk World's Fair, uh, you know, at any given time and if you didn't feel comfortable, please take those considerations to them. Um, talk to any members of the staff they will absolutely take you seriously and listen to you Uh, so uh, once again remember that you can find all of the other information at amberunmasked.com and you can support the show at patreon.com slash amberunmasked and um, stay tuned you know keep checking for the updates because I have a few more panels to deliver to you And we will get back to other vodka clocked, you know, regular episodes of interviews. But um, I do have a couple more of these to get out to you. So thank you for listening. 